Welcome to the Loyalty Program Builders podcast, where together with the top industry experts, we discuss business and technical challenges of implementing and running loyalty programs. Loyalty programs are complex. That's why together with our guests, we make difficult processes easy to understand and provide actionable steps to reach your loyalty program goals. Subscribe to our newsletter and become a part of a community dedicated to loyalty program excellence. Hey everyone, today we're discussing the key components of a loyalty program business case. The goal of this episode is to help you balance data objectives with business goals. And our guest is Leah Grimberg, the principal of Radical Loyalty, where they decode the secrets behind customer loyalty by unleashing your data to connect with your customers on an emotional level. She has over 20 years of loyalty experience, both from a brand and consulting perspective, at organizations such as American Express, The Home Depot, Air Miles, Loblaws, and The Bay. So without further ado, here's Leah. Hi, Leah. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me join. Brilliant. So today we are going to talk about how to prepare a good loyalty program business case. So I'm really excited about this one. And I think that we can just... Hopefully we won't be boring the people with uh, heavy financial chat. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not going to be boring. So yeah, let's just dive in. Let's just, just boom, let's just go with that. So um, first of all, it's like, um, the, 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 it's good to start with the why. So, you know, why do organizations need a loyalty program? What are the, the, the possible scenarios? Um, what, what is your experience in, in this area? Well, that's the funny thing is not everybody needs a loyalty program. And it's a misnomer that the small L loyalty is absolutely driven by the L, capital L loyalty program. There are many different ways of actually bringing about uh, once you decide you need a loyalty program, you need to figure it's a really big commitment and it's a really big investment. And it's only organizations that have the buy-in from their the entire C-suite and all the different departments and the investment uh, to put behind it and the commitment to actually leverage the data that they can actually need the program. So once once you... And the really big reason to have a loyalty program truly is data. It's investing in your existing customers and it's investing in driving their customer behavior. If the company is still in, in the acquisition of customer stages, then I would say loyalty program is probably a bit too soon for them to start. Okay. So then, because I've, it's interesting because like most of people or just like most people I know, they tend to turn towards this, like, you know, loyalty program as a profit center. But in fact, it's, it's about data, right? Exactly. Well, and, and that's once you, once the organization decides what, uh, that they're actually going to be investing in loyalty, then they need to decide what, what role the program has to, has to take in, in the organization. And for different organizations, it would have a different role. And it really doesn't matter which one you choose, so long as there's alignment across the C-suite. And there's different possibilities. It could be a profit center, meaning that it actually has to uh, pay for itself in the, in the behavior that it drives. You can be a loss leader, 
Uh, it doesn't have to. It could be a method of of uh, selling more product, uh, or my my best and my favorite. It's really truly a, a single source of the customer behavior across all the different brand interactions. That is particularly important for an omnichannel retailer, as an example, where uh, you have different views of the customer that are not necessarily tied uh, to to the to, to a single view of the customer. It means that you have a different uh, Leah, for instance, interacting online, a different Leah interacting in the store, a different Leah interacting with the service department, whereas a loyalty program has a unique number, a unique identifier that tracks my behavior across all the different platforms and across all the different channels that allows you to see exactly what I'm doing so that you can speak to me as a single, per- as a single person rather than three different people potentially. But, but again, the, being a driver of customer behavior change and using loyalty as promotional is, is another potential way of um, shifting promotional dollars and vendor dollars and merchandising uh, promotional money into loyalty bucket. And it, it is also can be a way to offset profitability in that sense. Okay. Thank you. I'm thinking about this like, you know, perspective of a person who is about to become, let's say, a loyalty program manager. Basically, I'm thinking about like people deciding or is is it a good moment to start a loyalty program or not so here you know do you have any tips any suggestions or like how to actually recognize if you are ready for a loyalty program i would say it has to come from from both bottom up and top down uh you need the entire c-suite alignment and you need to narrow down what that loyalty program is going to be doing for you and ensure that that is cascaded throughout every single department and that need to believe is is truly alive. Okay, cool. Um, now I understand that, you know, this this the, the biggest component or the best part is like a data center. Mm, I like loyalty program being a data center. Mm, but I know that, you know, companies struggle with using data, uh, especially, you know, things like... Um, personalization it's been here forever but uh i think that most companies they overuse this term uh so what's your take on that absolutely uh it's it's been the buzzword of the last i'd say three years and we we spend so much time and so much money collecting data and if we don't actually do anything with it it's it's hugely wasteful on one hand and it also makes our customers suspicious that we're doing something nefarious with their data uh, because they know that their data is worth a lot of money and they think that the big brother is watching them. So it's about striking a really, really fine balance between providing value back to the customer for their data, as well as uh, making sure that, that we're driving insights and using that data to, to drive the right kind of behavior. The, what Defining what personalization is, is unfortunately not an easy answer. And it'll be different for every every brand, every loyalty program manager out there. Personalization truly is the, what whatever your customer defines it to be. Personalization is the, is the how, relevance is truly the goal, it's the what. Uh, what. What you're trying to do is you're trying to communicate to your customer that you understand them and that you know them and that you have the right solutions to meet their needs, to meet their desires, to meet their challenges where they're at. And there's a fine line that we have to walk between cool and creepy. And it's not, and personalization is not about just getting 
my name right in an email and personalization is not right is not also using a hundred dynamic fields in an email. It's somewhere in between and you have to do a lot of lot of serving and a lot a lot of testing to figure out where that that balance is right for your customer. But at the end of the day, you'll never go wrong with good offers that are relevant, with good recommendation, product recommendations that are relevant, and the right content that is relevant for me to meet me where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, that that makes total sense. But I'm I still like, you know, I I feel this personalization, but I haven't seen so many good examples so that it's really like, you know, that I don't feel really comfortable with that yet. But I'm pretty sure that definitely there is, you know, so much room to experiment, to test, to improve. So what would be your suggestion, you know, how to start with personalization? I would say what you, your customers will tell you when you get it wrong. Personalization should be seamless to your customers. And you will, personalization is really only noticed when it's, when it, when it's done over the top or, or, or you get you get the algorithm wrong. Where you'll, you you notice that personalization is done right is in in the response rates that you're going to get. If you're if you're doing a proper test and control methodology, you're going to be able to to see whether your personalization is actually driving the right kind of click throughs and more importantly conversions. Because if your if your product recommendation is right on the money, it's going to drive better conversions. If your promotions, uh, it'll it'll allow you to to uh, to determine what's the right level of investment at a per customer level, and and a good place to start would be to figure out what is it that you're trying, what what kind of behavior you're trying to drive for which customer segment, and then t- uh, and then create different tests uh, to to test product, to test offer, to test communication channel, to test content, et cetera, to see what resonates. Cool. So so I believe that it needs to start with actually the like internal process in the company and a sort of like alignment. And we need to figure out together like what we need this loyalty program for. And then we could basically create those like use cases, right? Exactly. And and you want you also want to make sure that you have the right technology to to drive uh, that level of uh, autom- automa- automation um, to to make it less onerous for the team to actually execute. Okay, so I'm going to ask a lot of basic questions if you don't mind. But it's like, how do we then, you know, um, what what is the good way to to align the C-suite and actually what is a good way to like do this, create this cross-functional team within the organization? I'm thinking about the team that really, you know, understands what the goal of a loyalty program is and, you know, what are the possibilities. So what would you recommend here? Well, my challenge is we need, uh, uh, once you figure out what the goal of the loyalty program is, it's really broad. We want to drive sales. That, as a statement, doesn't necessarily help you, uh, one, design your program in the right way, and and two, uh, to get proper alignment. You need to get much more specific uh, into specific customer behavior that that you're trying to influence. And uh, once what it's about painting a picture of where you can get both quick wins and where you can truly move the dial uh, in terms of driving that kind of behavior and closing the gap. So, and, and 
as you mentioned, showcasing those use cases where you can actually drive that kind of behavior um, and get the entire C-suite on board and then sell it down department by department to make sure that it lives both in the front lines as well as through through all the different uh, levels of the organization. Sure. So I believe that this loyalty program is not only like an integral project of the marketing department, but it is actually something more than that. Absolutely. It's it's uh, it needs it's the lifeblood of the organization. Um, it's one of the tools in the marketing toolkit for sure. But if it only lives in the marketing department, it is definitely going to fail. You need it to be vibrant and alive in merchandising and operations. Very, very much in your operations because your brand ambassadors are going to be your frontline employees. They're the ones that need to be part of the program. They need to be uh, both members and uh, actual sales folks of the organization, they need to live it, they need to breathe it, and they need to be able to explain it and sell it. And you need it needs to be very well incorporated into the finance organization uh, because it is a huge expense, uh, potentially liability in, involved, depending on who actually owns the liability for, for the program. Uh, and then it's, it's an operational and customer service exercise as well because inevitably it'll drive a lot of questions, a lot of potential problems, and even uh, lots of uh, organizations don't think about it, but fraud. Uh, uh, Anti-money laundering and anti-terrorist financing is is um, a big component of loyalty programs once you get to potential scale. Okay. Well, definitely sounds complex and challenging. Um, so if we could maybe go back to the data a bit because I also saw that, you know, I mean, I think that first of all, companies realize that just having your own data base is very important because you, you can't really rely on, you know, data from external sources. So I believe that, you know, there is this sort of like a tendency to collect meaningful information about customers. And here I can see like, you know, the loyalty program is a sort of like a feedback loop between you and your customers. But how to make sure that we actually use the data. Because I've seen companies, you know, use multiple tools, collecting huge amounts of data, but not really using it in a, in a, in a you know, in a meaningful way or, or yet like using it not to the fullest for sure, just, you know, like a, like a part of it. So how can we make sure or like how to approach the data in a loyalty program? So, um, Loyalty is truly your one, sorry, your data is your truly one competitive advantage. It is something that your competitors cannot duplicate under any circumstances. Everything else can be ripped off and duplicated. Your data is your own data. And when I say your data, I mean primary data that you collect from transactional behavior and, and brand interactions with you. And uh, those data, that data can be can be used to make better business decisions because uh, it can be used to improve marketing, com uh, communications, customer experience, real estate, operations, staffing, merchandising, prices, you name it. It could it be it's because it's cus at customer level and it's Q level. And combining the, that combination allows you to make better decisions. There's a book uh, written, a uh, loyalty leap by, by Brian Pearson that was published about 10 years ago or, or even more that talked about uh, beer and diapers. They they uh, did an analysis and they they found a high correlation of uh, 
purchases, particularly in the U.S., of uh, transactions that had beer and diapers all uh, all in a single purchase. And but what after uh, doing a little bit of analysis and a little bit of thought about it, they they found that it was mostly uh, new dads that were purchasing. And so what that that the insight there was that. Uh, instead of hanging out with, quote unquote, the boys at the pub, uh, they now uh, had new babies and they were uh, drinking beer by themselves in their man cave uh, after putting uh, putting the child to bed or potentially even walking with the child. So what that what that enabled them to do is potentially position uh, the two products in necessarily not necessarily in proximity to each other, but have a a little stall of of one product next to each other. So it allows cross sell. It allows positioning in real estate. It, it allows you to figure out uh, what hours uh, your store should be open. Costco uses their data to make every single warehouse different. So it's not necessarily used at, at a an individual customer SKU level, but it, it it's it's used at an, a warehouse level, which makes it a much more interesting quote-unquote scavenger hunt type of experience at and every single Costco warehouse. Cool, cool. Oh, I, I really like it. But it's like, is it something you learn as you grow or is it something you plan? Like, let's say that you, you plan exactly for some, you know, certain correlation between products. Like, what, what, what is your approach here? Um, you, you need to dig into your data and then let the data dictate what your approach will be. But what you what you need to be planning for is Uh, how you're going to disseminate the data on a regular basis and how are you going to collect those insights. Because without without actually d digging into the data and analyzing it, you're not getting any insights out of it. So you, it, it's a little bit of both. It's how do, you, how do you process and how do you disseminate and how do you uh, strategically collect insights and share the insights, one. And then what does the data tell you? Uh, and then how do you that data and what do you do with that as as a as a uh, afterthought or as an after effect okay so how do you measure success then because like totally i i get that you know first of all you need to make sure that the whole company actually realizes the full potential of of data and and you know the data that the loyalty program brings then we collect the data and here i don't know is it like as much as we can approach a good one or Should it be different? It's about prioritization. What, what, where's the the biggest bang for your buck, and what small tweaks can you potentially uh, potentially make? But again, it goes back to what is the behavior that you're trying to to change. Prioritize that as as the first. Otherwise, there's an fortunately or unfortunately a myriad of insights and uh, and potential rabbit holes that you can go down on uh it's it's about being strategic making sure that you know what you're what the problem you're trying to solve and where can you really make a difference with potentially small tweaks that are not necessarily going to disrupt the, your entire workforce so in order to be able to focus on the right things so you need to probably like set certain kpis right and just design those like proper metrics like how how do we define success in in this particular program Exactly. So uh, defining success is really, truly about building a proper forecast. Sit down with your with your finance team and establish a solid three-year forecast, uh, building different different scenarios. So best case, worst case, most likely case. What you, And what you're trying to forecast is 
um, enrollment in, into your program, annual growth and members. But the truly, truly important metric is incrementality. When you have a loyalty program, the bulk of your, assuming you have a base program and a promotional program, and for most programs, you need a base. And when I say a base, it's typically a member spends a dollar, you give them something in return. And then you have your promotional dollars that that are used sporadically throughout the year. And the majority of your base program is what we call dilutionary. You're giving people money, points, value, benefits in some for something they would have done anyway. What you're truly trying to measure is the incrementality, meaning what can you drive over and above the person's regular behavior. What you're trying to, uh, and that again goes back to the goal you're trying to set. Uh, is it is it spend? Is it frequency? Is it basket, et cetera? And, and the, that incrementality will typically vary by tier of customers. So your best customers uh, may have Depending on on what your uh, what your share of wallet is, they they may already be tapped out, or they may have the best growth opportunity. And your lowest uh, of the low engaged, you may not be they may not be interested at all by the program by anything, and so you may not be they may not be interested in 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 giving you more of their wallet. Uh, and then, but potentially um, other benefits is decreases in attrition and potentially marketing channel efficiencies, and so. Once you have a, a, a good solid three-year forecast, then then it allows you to, to measure success because you're going to be going back against that forecast to see whether you're hitting the same assumptions in terms of growth, in terms of in terms of enrollment, in terms of incrementality, in terms of attrition, um, and allows you to gauge whether you're getting payback on your investment, um, and it, it allows you to to uh, have your your the parameters in place of is this again is this a loss leader is this a profit center okay cool so could you perhaps like you know give mm, an example of like a, like a solid business case because like i i totally like be, be, i realize that it's complex it all depends on the industry it depends on the company on the customers and you know so but maybe we could also like share light on like maybe a few uh use cases just to you know Use it as a sort of like an example. In any given business case for a loyalty program, you you assume number of members that will be enrolled. Uh, you assume how how many of those members are going to grow, what what the lift in sales is going to be, and what the decrease in attrition is going to be. So that's on the upside, and then on on the cost side, you're uh, you're going to have the cost of of the program, the cost of the rewards. Uh, whether it uh, it is a liability that you hold on your own or it's something that you're paying a third party, either way, there's definitely a cost. That cost may be offset by vendor funding, uh, in which case that is something that you can that you can factor in. Uh, benefit costs. So then you have to estimate your usage. So let's say you offer concierge services, or you offer access to particular event what's the cost of that event you have, and you have to figure out what's the percentage of the loyalty members that are actually going to take up that benefit and are going to use it on a regular basis then you have fulfillment costs and fulfillment costs could be uh, depending on whether or not you have actual 
plastic, like a plastic card in the program, or it could be the cost of your mobile service provider. It could be any any hard costs that are associated with delivering the program to, to your customer. Uh, technology and consulting costs. Uh, definitely, there's going to be a cost of the pla- of the platform, cost of the uh, of customer care, uh, that, and then incremental headcount as well. So you're, you're potentially definitely there's going to be technology folks. There's going to be customer care folks, potentially operations, marketing, finance, strategy. If you have a, a separate loyalty department, and then all your marketing materials, including the ones that are in physical re, re, uh, physical locations because you do want people knowing about your your loyalty and is it like because now it's quite a lot of factors to take under consideration and do you plan all those in those like you know best case worst case most likely case scenario exactly exactly that way you're going in eyes wide open and it's something that your finance team should be able to one handle uh, uh, on uh, on the forecast front and two, true up as uh, d- during the launch to see whether you're hitting your targets. And I, my my suggestion, obviously, be as conservative as possible on on the uh, on the upside part, and be as realistic as possible on the cost side. Okay. So, bearing in mind the complexity of the whole process, what is the like you know optimal time frame for 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 planning or like you know planning the business case basically? Yeah. Um, well, you want to plan your business case, and then you want you want to. Uh, I, I I strongly recommend an in market test. So the in market test, in and of itself, should be six to twelve months. So I would say it takes probably another uh, between six and and twenty four months to build the program, depending on the complexity. And then, uh, and then you have your test period, and then you have your launch period, which is probably around six to six weeks to, to three months as well. So it's not a light undertaking. You can absolutely do it faster, particularly if you want to test an inv- a, a minimal viable product in the market rather than a full blown out solution. Um, and it also uh, matters whether you're building a program from scratch. Excuse me, whether you're building a program from scratch or you're just. Uh, revamping it and rebuilding it. Certainly building a program from scratch is much more complicated and and takes a longer time because there's typically research involved um, both in in the upfront just market analysis uh, component, but also in the actual design of the program. Because there's so many different factors to consider. Sure. Yeah, I have so many questions right now <laughs> because, like, I, I wanted to come back to data even um, because I think that this is like we we haven't explored it really because you know obviously we know that there is a lot of opportunity coming from collecting your own data. There is a lot of data to collect, and there is a lot of hypotheses to te- test. But would you give any possible, like, you know, maybe three top? use cases, how to approach the, the data analysis and what, what to check in the first, um, you know, in, in the first round? It, 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 it again, depends on whether you're starting at a pro, uh, with a problem in mind or with an opportunity in mind. If you're starting with a problem in mind, what you want to do is you want to zero in on what that particular problem looks like. So, for instance, our sales are down year over year. Okay, let's examine it. Where are the sales down? Are, are the sales down in a particular department, particular 
in particular loca- ge- geographic location, et cetera. And then more importantly, ne- let's narrow down to the customers. Is the problem coming from new customers that we're not acquiring enough? Is the problem coming from existing customers and that they, they started uh, decreasing their spend? Or is the problem in retention? Once you've figured out which customer segment is driving it, then you can narrow down even more. So if it's if the problem is with retention, are we losing really big customers that where it actually counts, or are we losing uh, smaller dollar sales where it doesn't really matter? And you narrow down, narrow, narrow down, narrow down, and then you eventually you come up with with a hypothesis hypothesis that that you want to be able to test. If you're coming from a problem of opportunity, I I, I like uh, looking at customer segments by by value. So if you have, uh, for instance, our uh, recency frequency monetary is a really good first analysis to to start with. It allows you to understand who are your best customers. But more importantly, you want to look at trends quarter over quarter, year over year, whatever makes sense from from a frequency of your business. And what you want to understand is the health of your business. Are uh, are we seeing more upward migration of your customers, meaning they're they're getting more and more engaged and, and uh, with respect to your brand and with respect to actual sales, or are they getting less engaged? And if they're getting less engaged, there is the problem that you can start addressing. Who is going down down in terms of engagement, and how, how what are the leading indicators, and how do you stem that kind of disengagement before it starts, and how, how do you win back the ones that are that are on their way out. If you could share like a particular case with us, because at this point, like, you know, we have this this big picture, but I would love to dive into detail. So interesting case that I can tell you about, I had a client in the grocery space and they, ha- they had an, a unique challenge uh, in, in the baby department. Sales year over year were declining. And the hypothesis was is that they were losing customers. And loyalty data enabled us to really understand where the where the customers were and what where the problem was. So uh, my team had uh, done the analysis and broke it down in what we did what we called the waterfall. Uh, we wanted to understand which customers uh, were driving the impact of sales decline. So we looked at are were they not acquiring enough customers into the into the business? Were they losing a lot of uh, existing clients share of wallet? Or was it truly they were losing clients? But interestingly enough, within the baby category, one of the big considerations is did the kids simply age out of the category? Because if they are over the age of, let's say, two or three, they're not no longer considered quote-unquote baby. And the fact that it was loyalty data, it allowed us to see, based on other purchases throughout the, the store, uh, whether they were still considered within the baby age. And so we, what we did was we narrowed down the entire universe to what we what we knew to be within within the right age group. And we found that there were problems in and around every single one of those three pillars, both they were not acquiring enough customers, they uh, were losing uh, existing customers' baskets, and they were losing customers. And what we found is that the biggest impact was on the, they were losing customers. But interestingly enough, those customers were still shopping within the store. They were just not shopping within the baby department. 
so that was an interesting insight because that allows that allowed us to understand that that was a cross sell opportunity, not a win back opportunity. It allows it, it allowed us to understand where else in the store they were shopping, be it grocery, be it clothing, be etc. And it allowed us to create much more. I wouldn't say one to one, but definitely segmented promotions uh, or co promotions between the areas of the store where they were shopping. Uh, with the baby department. What that could potentially look like is buy X liters of milk and get X percent off diapers as a friend. Cool. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that because now, you know, it's just like a clear context and now I, it totally brings it to life and now I understand, you know, the the potential of, of the loyalty program. And it allows you to also test to figure out what actually drives behavior. So in some cases is, is it buy X numbers of liters of milk, get X bonus points when you buy diapers, or buy X number of liters of milk and get X percent of diapers, or it's buy X number of liters of milk and get X dollars off of diapers. So it it, it allows you to have a bigger a toolkit to and uh, different levers that you can pull with different people or on different products or on different product categories. And different things work on different people. So for me, uh, I may want dollars, for instance, off of uh, my commodities, but something new that uh, that you want to get me to try either a new product or a new category that I've never tried, I wouldn't mind doing it for extra points. Okay, cool. Thank you. Do you see any, any um, let's say, benefit of using AI-powered solutions here, like, you know, during creating this business case? Because right now, you know, for example, for forecasting or just like trying to figure out some approximate numbers and, you know, the, the potential for the for, for the program. Of course, I, I definitely will help you figure out all the different, uh, because there's so many different moving pieces and so many different assumptions uh, that, that go into these business cases. And I, I can help you figure out what's the break even for each and every one of those metrics and every each and every one of those assumptions. And I'll help you uh, set up benchmarks that are reasonable and realistic, as well as your best, your best, your worst, and your most likely case scenario. But more importantly, AI is really your best tool for for personalization and relevance, because it allows you multivariate testing, and it allows you to figure out what is relevant to different different universes and different audiences. And this, I think, yeah, the, it it might be the the crucial area for for improvement because. I've read it in one of your blogs, by the way, that actually, you know, the segmentation, for example, is like one of the steps before personalization. But very, very often, like, you know, I've heard uh, people using segmentation, but calling it personalization because it's a huge progress, like, you know, from not segmenting at all to like working through the meaningful segments. And then you just, it is such a change, such a positive change that you almost, you, you feel tempted to call it personalized <laughs> or personal. I mean, it's a, probably a fine line between many different segments and uh, one-to-one, truly. So uh, when you have a thousand different segments, you, you may as well call it personalization. If you have three segments, probably not so much. So I, there, there's probably a, a range or a continuum Sure, sure, totally. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Um, okay, I, I think that we have, you know, covered this 
extremely complex topic on the like we, we just just basically we have at least like a big picture this is this is what i feel um what would be your tips for you know like people trying to figure out their own like their first loyalty program from scratch you know what is what what should you do and what should you should you avoid doing first thing is figure out do you need a program does it need to be a formal program or could it be an informal program that's running in the background just as a means to reward and recognize your your customers and two is get yourself a really good consultant and help you through think through all the different uh, uh, aspects of this, both from an internal uh, operational point of view, from a financial point of view, as we talked about, but also program design as well. It's 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 a big investment. It's going. It needs to be highly highly incorporated into the brand and into the marketing toolkit and into all the operational aspects. So you need somebody by your side who knows what they're doing. You need a good technology partner to also help you br- bring your vision to life as well. Thank you. I already know that this is like, you know, it's it's great talking to you. And this is one of the, uh, you know, is the first of many episodes to come because I have so many questions and it would be nice if we could like, you know, um, meet and discuss them in detail, like, you know, in depth. I'm happy to come back if you invite me. Brilliant. So, so it's definitely coming. And uh, yeah, if if there is anything else you would like to share with the audience, I think now is is the time. Thank you so much for listening, and please find me at uh, radicalloyalty.com and R A D I C L E loyalty.com. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you. Brilliant. I hope you found this conversation as insightful as I did. And I wonder what is your primary business case for your loyalty program. Drop me a line at podcast at openloyalty.io. Now, it's time to close with a few housekeeping items. First, you'll find helpful links in the podcast description. Second, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for more valuable content related to this episode. And stay tuned for the next one. Have an awesome day, everyone. The Loyalty Program Builders podcast is brought to you by the team at Open Loyalty the world's most flexible loyalty software for creating personalized loyalty and gamification programs fast and at scale. 